0: This episode of the Rewilding Earth podcast is sponsored in part by Epidonax trailii extimus, the endangered southwestern willow flycatcher. And now, a word from our sponsor. The Rewilding Earth Podcast is supported by businesses such as Patagonia, Catula, and Biohabitats, as well as the Whedon Foundation and listeners like you. If you love the work that the Rewilding Institute is doing, please consider donating at rewilding.org. And be sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter while you're there. The Mogian Wildlife Corridor is a vast area of mountains, rivers, and forests sweeping west and north from the Gila Wilderness in southwest New Mexico to Grand Canyon National Park in northern Arizona. It represents a bold but achievable vision for connecting and protecting wild places, as well as essential habitat for the reintroduced population of Mexican wolves, lobos, and for a restored future population of jaguars. The concept of rewilding drives the Mogian vision. Well-established conservation science shows that maintaining the natural systems on which all life depends, like forests and rivers, requires protection of the three C's, cores, corridors, and carnivores. That is, linked natural areas in which a wide range of species, including those that maintain balance in systems, like wolves, bears, and mountain lions, have room to roam, hunt, and find mates. Rewilding Institute Executive Director John Davis is intimately familiar with the Mogian region, having scouted a great deal of it over the years. We start today with John providing a description of the rough boundaries of the proposed Mogian wildway.
1: Well, Maguillon Wildlife Court or Maguillon Wildway can be defined in different ways, but I think a common understanding of it, and I believe this would agree with what Kelly Burke of Wild Arizona and our late great Wildlands Coordinator Kim Crumbo and our founder Dave Foreman and others would say, Maguillon Wildway is a broad, relatively intact habitat link from the Gila Blue Wildlands Complex of southwest New Mexico. Northwestward, again, along that upper elevation swath of habitats to the Grand Canyon, to the north rim of the Grand Canyon. There is is an extensive area of relatively high elevation habitat running from southwest New Mexico to north central Arizona, from the Gila Wilderness to the Grand Canyon National Park, to be specific. That's roughly what we mean by the Mogollon Wild Way. And of course, the connections beyond that are vital too. But this this regional wildway, this regional wildlife corridor, the Rewilding Institute and in Wild Arizona and Project Coyote and many other groups see as being especially critical and a crucial part of a much larger spine of the continent or a Rocky Mountain wildway.
0: So one approach to reconnect these wildlands and waters is establishing a new, neat feature can you talk a little bit about that
1: yeah one of the ways that the rewilding institute in wild arizona and new mexico wilderness alliance and other groups are promoting protection of Mugion wildway is by charting scouting and beginning to craft the idea for a national scenic trail and our tentative name for that national scenic trail is lobo national scenic trail in honor of mexican wolves which inhabit the southeastern part of Muguon Wildway and are native to the whole Muguon Wildway, but are unfortunately not allowed north of I-40. The Fish and Wildlife Service basically doesn't let them go north of I-40. So we have in mind promoting this wildlife corridor in part by promoting the idea of a Lobo National Scenic Trail, which would link the Continental Divide Trail, of course, that's along the Rocky Mountains Spine, with the Arizona Trail, which runs north-south the length of Arizona. In fact, the Lobo National Scenic Trail would coincide with the Continental Divide Trail in southern New Mexico and with the Arizona Trail in northern Arizona. It would be a link between those two existing National Scenic Trails. And again, we hope it would be named the Lobo National Scenic Trail to also promote Mexican wolf recovery and protection. It does not actually need to involve all that much more trail creation. There happen to be footpaths along much of that route. Uh, Arizona, again, Arizona Trail and Continental Divide Trail already exist. And between those two trails, there are are various long trails, some of which run much of the length of Smuggiel and Wildway already. So we don't need to actually create much new trail mileage. The main thing is to, you know to find the existing trails that we can link together and then add a few segments here and there. We'd also like to have a companion mountain bike route or bike packing route, which would be in the roaded public land, the, those those public lands that have roads um, where, where people can ride on dirt roads or rough gravel roads, probably with a mountain bike, between, again, between the Gila Wildlands Complex in New Mexico and, and Canyon Wildlands Complex, in Northern Arizona, again, most of that is in place. So most of the needed footpath mileage is in place, but we need to recognize it, call attention to it and and, pro- and provide some links and some literature. And then likewise for the bikepacking route, most of the dirt roads already in place. It's a matter of connecting them in a sense.
0: And we know most of the footpath is there not just because of maps and existing trails but you actually did a mogian wildway ramble on rewilding.org recounting uh, your ground truthing efforts to make sure that we really are as close as we that you mentioned
1: that's right yeah i've had the pleasure of backpacking in the gila wilderness and in grand canyon national park and in places in between and during Trek West in 2011, I traveled a good bit of the Muggy Wildway. And then in 2018, I did a, a more careful look at the Muggy Wildway, mountain biking and hiking much of the length of it. And indeed, I found that the, the need, needed trails are mostly in place. The scenery is spectacular. I, on the Muggy Rim, I was often on a mountain bike and I would stop and look over these grand vistas again and again and again. You get these dramatic views looking to the south over the desert from high up above with ponderosa trees behind you and desert below you, it's really quite magnificent. So the the trail would not be hard to put together. Um, And a lot of it is in Dave Foreman's head. Some of it's on his map, some of it's on maps done by Don Hoffman and other conservation leaders in the area. And we'd like to get it recognized and designated as a National Scenic Trail. National Scenic Trails, I believe, are managed by the National Park Service and over time get recognition and often end up inspiring more protection in public lands alongside. As with the, you know, the 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 great National Scenic Trails of our country include the Appalachian Trail, the Continental Divide Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail, in each of these cases and especially the Appalachian Trail, the creation of the National Scenic Trail has led to the protection of many of the lands alongside. You end up with something like a, a necklace of pearls as Benton Mackay proposed originally for the Appalachian Trail. So we would hope that that would happen with the Lobo National Scenic Trail. We'd get much more protection on the public lands alongside the trail.
0: What are some of the hazards that wildlife are running into now that we would hope this trail and further protections, probably some crossings and other things, would help them along their journey north to south, south to north?
1: Yeah, well, as as we've talked about in other podcasts, or you've talked about with other conservation leaders and other podcasts, Jack. Arguably, anyway, the single greatest threat to wildlife in the United States is roads and the motor vehicles that drive those roads. And though own Wildlife Corridor is a surprisingly intact swath of habitat, it is crossed by many roads, including the, uh, perhaps most harmfully, I-40, which runs east-west uh, through Flagstaff. That is. Uh, an impediment to to wildlife movement and and right now that sets the northern boundary for where Mexican wolves are allowed to go basically. So also I I think it's I-17 that runs north south from Flagstaff to Phoenix. That cuts through the Mogollon Wilderness. So those two interstate highways especially need safe wildlife crossings where animals are naturally trying to move. We need to install underpasses or overpasses so that animals can cross safely. And then there's some smaller roads, like Route 260 in Arizona, some of which actually that one does already have some wildlife crossings, thanks to conservation leaders in Arizona. But all the busy roads that fragment this wildlife border ought to be outfitted with safe wildlife crossings and infrastructure legislation that passed not long ago should provide funds for those needed wildlife crossings. I think that ecological effects of footpaths and, and bike pack routes on existing roads are quite minor. I don't think that bringing in more hikers or mountain bikers need be harmful at all. Though we, of course, would want hikers and mountain bikers to be very sensitive and be careful not to disturb wildlife. But I think the effects, and again, most of the Lobo National Scenic Trail, the footpath and the companion bike pack route would be on existing existing foot trail and dirt road mileage. So no, a very little clearing needed, if any. Yeah. Uh, in
0: 2020, our own Kim Crumbo wrote up a blueprint for a mogi on Wildway Design. We've talked a, a bit about the stuff that you'd expect. You know, people are pretty familiar with wildlife crossings now, and the idea of having a national scenic trail to draw attention to the region—very, very good idea—and and it's been tried and true. This is no new concept. But Kim, in this very big uh, article, laid out a plan and it was pretty thorough. (laughs) It's very long. And it's uh, the Mogan Wildlife Corridor, a big step toward half-earth and beyond. This doesn't just have local and regional importance, but maybe you can talk about that a little bit, about how this is such an important and big region that it actually shows on the map when you're talking about such a grand plan for 30 by 30 in the United States and half-earth by 2050.
1: Yeah, Kim Crumbo did an outstanding job with that article. It is long and detailed, and I I urge readers and listeners to see that. Jack, you can provide the link. I know. um, I believe this was Kim's last major writing project and research project before he tragically died uh, while canoe camping on on a very rough lake in Yellowstone National Park last year, one of his last great works. And part of our Muggy Owen Wildway campaign is inspired in large part by Kim Crumbo's great work, as well as the work of our carnivore biologist, Dave Parsons, and our founder, Dave Foreman, and our past president, Susan Morgan, and others. But we are trying to realize Kim Crumbo's vision. And as he pointed out in that article, protecting the Muggy Owen Wildlife Corridor would be a major contribution toward the goals of protecting at least 30% of our country by 2030, and at least half by 2050. And thankfully, most of Magillón Wildway, most of the Magillón Wildlife Corridor is already public land or tribal land. Uh, There there are some very important tribal reservations, uh, which are still quite intact in terms of, of habitat. And of course, we would want to work with the tribes to realize a vision of continuous, safe wildlife habitat from southwest New Mexico to north central Arizona. The habitat is largely intact already. Much of it, again, is public or tribal land. As a feature, as a landscape feature, the Mogollon Wildlife Corridor really stands out. Again, if you look at a Google map or look at a land cover map, it stands out because of this high forested area that provides a natural connection from the Gila to the Grand Canyon. Interestingly, One of the articles recently promoting jaguar recovery for the United States shows a map of potential habitat for jaguar recovery. And basically what is most clearly highlighted in that map is the Mogollon Wildway. And apparently, historically, jaguars did get up into the Grand Canyon and perhaps beyond. So if we were to succeed in restoring jaguars to the southwestern United States, they occasionally make it across the border it's getting harder and harder for them to do so, unfortunately, because of the border wall, which should be torn down, in my opinion. Uh, but they do occasionally still make it, and they often come north into Arizona in the Sky Islands area. So keeping the Sky Islands area connected to the Mogollon Wildway is also crucial, and for for Mexican wolves, for jaguars, for pumas, for many other wide-ranging species.
0: You're listening to the Rewilding Earth podcast. Did you know we also publish insightful and inspirational content from leading rewilding scholars, poets, artists, and organizers from around the world? You can visit rewilding.org and sign up for our weekly digest to receive brilliant, fresh insights on everything rewilding. You'll find over a decade of articles and news from the front lines of wildlands protection and all kinds of restoration efforts. Check us out at rewilding.org and don't forget to share it with friends. And so when you talk about just this area, but also then adding in the Sky Islands, the connectivity down south uh, to Northern Mexico. Well, now you're talking about a really, really big region. And it's very exciting because the region is like you said, pointing to where protection should be focused. I mean, it's, it's kind of obvious on the map, as you've mentioned a couple of times, the public land, the native land, there's all, we have a lot going for us already. So I think that should also be a pretty exciting organizing factor, uh, you know, getting energy um, from from people, supporters, um, and all of the different coalitions that need to be built and are started building. I mean, it's pretty exciting, right? This one isn't as hard as some others have been to draw a picture of and get people to envision.
1: Right. This is re- this is really. We, we consider this a rewilding project because rewilding is about protecting big wild connected spaces. But thankfully, here it's more a matter of conservation than of restoration. Certainly, there is some active restoration and some passive restoration needed. And we we are we are lacking the jaguar for the most part in the United States. The lobo Mexican wolf does not have nearly as large a recovery area as it should. But most of the native species are still here. And in fact, this region is special in part because it does have wolves. Once again, our our carnivore biologist Dave Parsons saw to it some years back that Mexican wolves were restored and they are in this region. So whereas much of the U.S. West has lost its wolves, hopefully we will get them back, but has not gotten them back yet. This area has. And Jack, you were instrumental in showing how the sky islands can be kept connected and how they can be linked with the on and Wildway, when you were at Sky Island Alliance, you led this effort. So you know those connections well. But I think we can also point out real benefits to, to, in my opinion, most importantly to wildlife, but to people as well. Because if a Lobo National Scenic Trail becomes popular and is a complement to the Continental Divide Trail and the Arizona Trail, it will draw um, ecologically oriented tourists. It will draw hikers and bikepackers to Flagstaff, to to Prescott, to to uh, Alpine, uh, to Silver Springs, to, to towns in the, in the Wild Way, and to cities nearby. Who would who would be happy to you know patronize the restaurants and the inns and and the stores, and and then would go exploring in the Muggy on Wild Way. It's a wonderful area for exploration. It's one of my favorite areas on earth.
0: Yeah, when you talk about the business end of it. Uh, The businesses along the trails like the Appalachian Trail love the Appalachian Trail. In fact, some of the businesses only exist because of the trail. Like along the way, you start seeing things that were clearly not there when there was no Appalachian Trail. So it is really good for business too, right? Yes, it is yeah so we're so we're not doing this by ourselves can you talk a little bit about what has started what we've been working on in terms of planning for this year really kicking this off including this podcast which is designed to do so as well uh, officially um who else are we working with and how big of a project is this going to be including you know all the way toward the middle of such projects where we start talking to businesses and getting their support as well
1: yeah on one hand, it's extremely ambitious. It's a huge area, it's a, it's a huge wildlife corridor. So many groups, many individuals, many businesses will need to be involved. On the other hand, again, it's quite achievable because most of this is still relatively intact and most of it's public or tribal land. It's, you're not dealing with all that many pr- small private landowners as you are in, in some areas of the United States. Uh, uh, among our many partners are Wild Arizona and the Mexico Wilderness Alliance, project coyote wild earth guardians we we work clo- uh, closely with some green businesses and in, including katula and its founder danny giovalli that has done a lot of exploration in maguelon wildway i've had the pleasure of exploring parts of maguelon wildway with katula founder Je- danny giovalli so there are green businesses involved in this some of the, some trails groups will be very interested in this hiking groups will be very interested bike packing groups There are a great many potential partners, and that's what this year, in 2022, part of what the Rewilding Institute in Wild Arizona and others want to do is strengthen those, strengthen the partnerships, grow the community of groups and people who want to see a Lobo National Scenic Trail put in place and want to see the owned Wildlife Corridor kept intact and made still wilder. Specifically, The steps needed include getting wild and scenic river designation for some of the key waterways in the area, including big parts of the Gila and Blue and other rivers, Um, getting many more areas uh, on our National Forests and Bureau of Land Management holdings designated as wilderness. There's much more roadless country, roadless or road-free country in the Muggeon Wildway that has actually been recognized and honored and protected with the wilderness designation. So we need to get a lot more wilderness established. Uh, I think we need to be arranging buyouts for some of the livestock grazing privileges on public lands in and Wildway. Livestock use in arid and relatively arid areas of the West, unfortunately, is quite damaging to natural communities, particularly the plants. And so arranging voluntary buyouts for some of the public lands grazing leases would be a, another high priority. Various groups are also considering some national monument designations. It was Kim Crembo was, and Kelly Burke were part of a very bold, uh, ambitious proposal for a big national monument on the north rim of the Grand Canyon outside uh, beyond the National Park boundary. Unfortunately, the lands managed by the Forest Service beyond the National Park itself are still open to logging, including logging of old growth ponderosa pine forest. We want to see that logging on those old growth public lands ended. We'd like to see those lands protected as wilderness or national monument. So there's some specific national monument proposals as well to advance. So getting higher levels of protection, wilderness or national park or monument where possible on public lands throughout Muggy and Wildway is a top priority, and those wild and scenic designations on some of the key waterways in addition.
0: So each of those is going to take a movement a little bit. I would also, I suspect it's not easy to get a wildlife crossing across like the likes of I-40 or, you know, even smaller crossings. It's probably one of the harder things because it's so bureaucratic, yeah. but we've also gotten these infrastructure bills and and possibilities like that, so maybe it'll be easier. But that should be added to the list of big gets, right?
1: Absolutely. Thank you for mentioning that. You're absolutely right about that, Jack. Yes, safe wildlife crossing. Some of that has already been done on 260. I think it's 260 in Arizona. Norris Dodd was instrumental in getting a bunch of wildlife crossings put in place, uh, particularly valuable for elk. But a whole lot more of that needs to be done, and particularly on the interstate highways 40 and 17. And ten really need safe wildlife. New Mexico has taken a a good, very good step in passing statewide wildlife linkage legislation, which will get biologists looking at key areas for for wildlife crossings, and and then getting the Department of Transportation to help put them in. So Arizona needs to do likewise. Statewide wildlife crossing legislation would be valuable. And then at the, the federal level, we hope to see you know, Wildlands Network is leading an effort to pass national wildlife corridor legislation, which would allot money for safe wildlife crossings, so the Rewilding Institute strongly backs that, as do many other groups. We need to see that pass as well.
0: What would you recommend uh, for organization uh, representatives and individuals in the region, not in the region? Um, how can everybody help? I imagine what we're trying to do is a massive, huge groundswell of support for this uh, because of all of the, the bigness of it. Um, what can people do to uh, get involved?
1: Many things where Where there are active land trusts that help protect private lands, support them in acquiring or full fee on wild lands privately owned, or conservation easements on those lands, we need to do a lot more outreach to tribes. and we uh, at the rewilding institute, we don't have many of those connections to the tribes. we need them. So anybody who can help us form connections with tribal leaders who are interested in conservation in this area, that would be very valuable. We need to put pressure on the, the U.S. Forest Service to do less logging, less livestock grazing, and more stronger protection of wildlife habitat in the, in the multiple national forests in this area. Likewise for the BLM, Bureau of Land Management, pressure on them to conserve wildlife habitat Not to be favoring economic exploitation of these lands. We also need to think in Arizona and New Mexico and in all states about the need for wildlife governance reform. The goals of the Rewilding Institute and other groups to restore large carnivore populations throughout the country. We just can't. It's all. It will be almost impossible to achieve those goals as long as state wildlife management is dominated by extractive interests. So we need to get it. As individuals, as groups, we need to get involved in wildlife management decisions. We get involved in state wildlife action planning processes. We need to get involved in land management planning processes, especially for the national forests in Arizona and New Mexico. And we need more people pushing for wild and scenic designations on waterways through this area. So folks interested in helping can reach out to us at the Rewilding Institute, to Wild Arizona, to Mexico Wilderness Alliance, And we can find many ways for folks interested in helping. And it's always valuable just to get out there and know the the ground. So we would urge people who are interested in this area, take a backpacking trip or a bikepacking trip in one of the national forests or more than one of the national forests in the on Wild Way and get to know it, get to learn the issues and volunteer with a group or two or three.
0: Yeah and uh, if you're listening to this podcast anywhere other than rewilding.org if you go there rewilding.org/pod this particular episode will always have all episodes always have extra credit and you'll see a lot of useful links to maps and resources our partner organizations and a lot of the resources that John was was talking about John thank you so much for taking the time to uh, really kick this off i really feel like this is the kickoff for for much bigger and better and more organized things happening for the Mogian, and i look forward to working on all of this with you
1: thank you so much jack it's an honor to be working with you on this important campaign for the Mogian Wildway.
0: thanks for listening to the rewilding earth podcast we do what we do because of you this podcast is supported by listeners like you who long to live in a wilder world please consider donating at rewilding.org and subscribe to our weekly news and article digest while you're there. To go the extra mile, you can follow and share Rewilding Earth on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Bonus points for sharing this podcast with your friends. To listen to past episodes, go to rewilding.org pod. That's rewilding.org pod.